You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Hey, welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode, I am chatting with Jamie Wolf, and we are talking about all things social selling secret weapons. Now, We all know that social media can be super, super saturated and everyone is looking for that silver bullet of how to get in front of their audience and get in front of their audience in a super, super unique way. And what Jamie and I actually end up talking about is how a book can be an amazing way to get in front of your audience and really share your manifesto and what makes you so unique and different. And this is something I actually know from personal experience because I have a book that came out, I think it was actually just around the new year, maybe in November or December there. And it absolutely changed the way that I started interacting with new and prospective customers. If you haven't heard of the book before, it's called F What Your Upline Said. And it has been a game changer in terms of people coming to me, understanding what I'm all about and wanting to work with me. So this episode will definitely be super helpful and impactful if you are feeling stuck in a sea of sameness with other coaches and reps, and you're really looking for a way to be able to differentiate yourself and start having people actually come to you. Okay, awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for being here today on Social Selling Simplified. So we are going to dive into all things related to how a book can actually help you in your social selling efforts. So let's start off with why a book. Now, obviously, like from my perspective, I'm all about books. My book that I have is, it's called very eloquently, F what your upline said, but I'm very passionate about having a book because it's like, it's your manifesto and it like instantly tells people either they're with you or they're not. And getting that out in the open right from the beginning is so, so important to make sure you have your tribe. But I want to hear from you. Why are you so passionate about books? Ashley, that's absolutely brilliant. I love that we're starting there because a book can accomplish so much for someone. And I I like to say I'm the laziest hardworking person you've ever met because I have a strong work ethic, but I like to use systems and processes so that I don't have to expend unnecessary effort. The thing a book will do is allow you to do work one time and then distribute it over and over and over and over again. The very first book I ever wrote, I wrote because I was tired of answering the same questions over and over. And I was like, here, here you go. 
I'm going to back up a little bit and say, what's the definition of book? Because it evokes different responses in different people. A lot of times it's that thing you have to go up to a cabin in the mountains and stay away from everyone for six months or a year to write. And then two years later, it gets published. We are not talking about those kinds of books. We are all way too busy for that. So if you think about a book like a manifesto, it could be 50 pages, 100 pages. You could record it and like put out your bullet points of things that you want to convey to your team or your prospects and go, here's the things I'm going to cover. And here's why me. The thing you can do with a framework for a short book is you can give a little bit of your backstory. How did you get to be here? What was your journey? A little bit of future casting is like, where are you going on this journey and who can come with you? And what are they going to get when they join your tribe? A little bit of teaching, like how did you overcome certain barriers or hurdles that people run into all the time? So you give a little bit of teaching so someone can get an idea of what it's going to be like working with you and joining your group. And then some success stories or case studies so that, and if you don't have any of your own yet, you borrow some. So the beauty of a book is if you have then links to come into your world so they can join your Facebook group or you know anywhere else that you're around on social media, Instagram, TikTok, wherever, they can come in, they can get some cheat sheets, you have their email address now, and you can keep nurturing them. So I love books because I don't want anyone ever again to be intimidated by the thought of, oh my God, I can't write in a book. And like, that's a whole like lifetime project in and of itself. It's not, Mm -hmm. we can get them done fast. And that's the other thing is if you go fast, check it off. It is one more tool in the whole group of tools that you're using. It adds to it. And the, the last little part I'll say, and then I'll be quiet is that When you write a book, somehow or other, we are just wired to go, ooh, you're a published author. Like it elevates you. It Mm -hmm. gives you added credibility, authority. People are going to trust you and respect you a little bit more. And so once you've done that, now people are saying, hey, you've got a book. Would you come on my podcast? Hey, you've got a book. Would you like host this Instagram thing with me. And so now you're being seen more and more and more and more. So it's an easy tool for you to use. And it's a really easy tool to replicate for for you to show other people how to use so they can get the same results. Yeah, for sure. I think that the interesting part about a book is when we think of the customer value journey, in the beginning, you need people to become aware of you and then engage with you before they're ever going to subscribe and you know move on to further stages of your relationship and so a book is it can be an awareness tool and also an engagement tool that you know people get to know you and they start to like you and one other thing i thought was so cool is when you're thinking about your book like it can be so actually putting together a book is we did ours in canva it was literally that simple it's like a fancy, and I would even say, I don't know, a fancy should even go in front of the word PDF because we just, you know, had our, uh, you know, the art that we did on the front. And I say art loosely. It was literally like my team was so passionate about the name. When we came up with it on a call, we were like, I don't, it doesn't even matter what else is there. Like this just says so much for us. And there it was like we had written the book and it was an exemplification of what we believed, but also 
the system that we teach. Ultimately, why we came to that conclusion that that system would work for people. And I think that's the really cool thing about a book is it doesn't have to just be like you said, like lock yourself in a cabin and peer into your deepest, darkest secrets and make sure they get out on paper. It can more so be your story unfolding as to how you've gotten to the hypothesis or conclusion that you're now at, which is how your course system, whatever you sell, has probably unfolded. So it just makes sense that it would be a, you know an organic tool for selling. Absolutely. So you raise some points that I love chatting about with people. First of all, when someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to write a book, I always ask, what does success look like to you? When the book is done and something's happened, how will you know if you hit the mark or you're disappointed with whatever time, effort, resources you poured into getting the book done? For the more traditional idea of book, I want to write the 200-page book. A lot of times people want to tell a cathartic story. And I say, please do that your second or your third book. Don't start there. Because sure, you can have this outpouring, you can want to save people pain or time or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it really is a little bit more about you and it's a little bit less strategic. When you're Mm -hmm. thinking about a book as, hey, if you're a business person who's getting up on a stage, you want to sell to the back of, you know, air quotes, to the back of the room. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just get up there and talk unless you're doing a TED talk. You want to get up there and move someone to action. You want them to feel And then you want them to take action because you know they're not going to get the results that they desire to change their life unless they take action. So Mm -hmm. when you approach writing a book the same way, you want someone to take action, you want to sell them something because that is the way that you are going to move them to where they want to be. And then they can turn around and reach back and help somebody else. So that doesn't have to be long. It does have to be strategic. You will repel some people, which is great because those people would be a pain in your neck anyway if they came into your world, if they're not aligned and they're not a great fit. So in your sharing of stories, you can attract some people, you can repel other people, you can address some objections that they might have, some fears or uncertainties or concerns. You talk about all of it. You can not have to say, oh, well, if you're worried about this, here's the solution. Just tell a story, you know? When I was doing this, the feel felt found sort of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. just tell different stories. And then people go, oh, okay. So someone else has felt this too. I'm not alone. I'm not stupid Mm -hmm. for asking this question, but I can see how we can just push past it. I have a question for you that might be random, but where did that language come from? Feel felt found. The reason I asked that is because I've been taught that before in customer service. So I just was curious, where did that come from? I think um, maybe 10 or 12 years ago was my first introduction to the personal development, self-development, network marketing world. Mm -hmm. And in talking about how you can be relatable, I was Mm -hmm. taught, I don't use it very often, but I Mm -hmm. was taught a way to say, well, I know how you feel. I felt that in certain situations, but I found that la la la. And it Mm -hmm. for, obviously I can talk, I can also write. At length, but for people who are a little hesitant or shy or that blank page, or, you know, think of going to a networking event. If you're the person who tends to hug the wall a little bit more, if you're more mm-hmm. of the introvert, how do you work, work a room? How do you go make friends, introduce people, find out who they are? Cause they're all as nervous as you. So mm-hmm. one way to break the ice 
And if you're describing this scenario, gosh, how stressful is it to walk into a room full of strangers and want to make some connections? And then you go from there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. We used it in the context of when we would get objections, it would be, you know, I understand how you feel. Other people have felt that way before. And what they found is when they da 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 da. So I was just curious, like where that came from, because that was very specific training for us in the right. fitness industry. So it piqued my curiosity as to, yeah, okay, so, where's that So from? you used it third person and I was using it first person. So mm-hmm. it's great. It's mm-hmm. adaptable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's interesting how those concepts are just universal, you know, when you learn mm-hmm. those things and they're just woven into many different aspects with all the same intention behind it. It's so cool. The other couple of questions that I have for you is we've talked about the reasons why you should write a book, what the reasons would be that it might assist your business and help with your business. Now, one quick point on that. I actually, my husband shared this with me the other day. He had heard that there's a very famous marketer. His name's Frank Kern in the, in the online world. Some people may have heard of him before. But one thing that's interesting that he was talking about is he actually takes his trainings and presentations and things like that. And he actually has those transcribed and they become his books. I just really liked that idea of how easy it can be. Like, don't overcomplicate it. You know, you've done this before. You've shared this story before. You've shared the solution. So don't overcomplicate it. It's really not something you haven't done before. Hey coach, I finally have something that I've been dreaming of providing for you. I know that you definitely didn't start this business because you really felt like pestering your friends and family and getting ghosted by everyone. Chasing people down or having to follow up with them is definitely hard work and it can feel so awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. But your upline probably told you that this is what successful people do. And they didn't mention to you that unless you're this superstar salesperson right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that old school way. 99% of coaches quit because they suddenly declare themselves this expert online and then go back and ask everyone who knew them to just start buying from them when they just started working out last week. And this problem applies to all network marketers, not just coaches. But the 1% that actually succeed have made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. And it's just something that nobody really talks about. It's all about taking some simple steps to position yourself as an influencer first. So soon, instead of asking people to talk to you, you'll attract ideal customers who are already excited to learn from you and buy from you. They'll know exactly what you're about and how you can help them. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline to learn more and see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down and make them talk to you in order to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called F what your upline said and get an entirely different approach that will feel much more organic and authentic. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline. I'm so excited for you to start implementing these four simple changes in your business and see how it absolutely transforms how you feel about your business and the results that you're able to get. Now, with that, what is the typical way in which 
I'm sure there's a formula that one should follow when they're writing a book. How would you recommend or are there specific steps you would follow in thinking about that story and how you would tell it? Great question. So uh, Frank Kern wrote an endorsement for the most recent book that I published. So there's Wow, that's amazing. Um, Yeah. What, again, thinking about what the purpose of a book is in whichever way you're deciding to use it. There are books that you can publish that the only thing you're going to do is print them like a PDF and give them to your downline, whether they're digital downloads or you print it physically and you hand it out. There are people who are in various industries where they're going to conferences of 500 or 1,000, you know, maybe they're all electrical engineers or something and they write a book. And the only thing they want to do is put that book on each chair. You don't need to do anything other than self-publish those. If you want to do something like hit Amazon bestseller or hit Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA Today bestseller, then you want to go through the more traditional publishing channels. And when I say traditional boutique publishers, it doesn't have to be the Simon and Schuster's of the world, but Mm -hmm. it's better not to self-publish if you're going for those big lists. And then you do have to invest pretty large sums of money for marketing purposes. So if you take that off the table, that is not the purpose of the kind of book that we're talking about here. The kind of book we're talking about here is to grow your network, grow your team, let people know about you, let people relate to you. So how do you tell stories or how can you repurpose content like Frank was talking about? I do always say, please never just straight transcribe something and print it because the way we hear the spoken word and the way we read the written word are a little different. And it is so excruciatingly painful to me to read a straight (laughs) transcript that has not been modified at all. So Mm -hmm. please don't do that. However, it is a fantastic shortcut because so many people get stumped looking at a blank page, writing that first sentence. So if you have something that you can shoot at, you've got the full transcript and all you have to do is go, well, I want to put this point in here and rearrange this point here and let's combine and mush this together. It's so much easier to do that or just hire someone, go onto Fiverr or Upwork or Readsy or something like that and just get a like hybrid ghostwriter. They're going to start with your content, but they're going to fix it for you. So it's better. But as far as how to tell story, again, it goes to what point? are you trying to make? Are you trying to tell the story about the person just getting started? Well, we can draw back to our past experience or somebody else's that we've observed and tell a story about that because you know, someone's going to be thinking, how do I get started? What are people going to think of me? You know, that initial shock of, oh, I can't talk about this because my mom's going to think I'm crazy and my neighbors are going to think I'm just trying to sell them something and I don't want to be that person. So how do you move through the growth of getting to everything in life is transactional? Mm. So let's move past the, ooh, sales is icky and understand everything between one person and another, whether it's your kid, it's your dog, you know, there's some barter going on mm. and like my dogs are persuading me it's time to go for a walk. I'm persuading them. We're going to wait till it's not so hot out. Everything is a transaction. And so if you decide which like three to five key stories that you want to share because you know the path that you want your person to follow or the path that they're having trouble with and you want to help them with, then those are the stories. And then if you ever think about publishing or if you 
just always have new ideas, you create a whole series. You know, you can tell five stories and then five stories and then five stories and then five stories. So you've got something that will accommodate people every step along the journey as we grow and get more comfortable in one thing, then we run into a whole new set of problems, challenges, not problems. Don't want to be negative. Yeah. And then what about when it comes to naming? How do you recommend thinking about that? And how do you come up with a great title? So good question. Sorry that I always give a, well, it depends. So (laughs) if you are going to try to work with an algorithm on Amazon or the bigger bestseller list, then you want to be very careful with your SEO and be paying attention to keywords and what's going to help the search engines rank the book. If you don't care so much about that, if it's not going anywhere except who you hand it to, the actual title tends to be short and a very good hook. Like your title is an amazing hook. That's going to grab me instantly. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to want to know more. So the title should be a very good teaser hook attention grabber. The subtitle can explain what the heck the book is about. And if you are publishing that on a platform like Amazon or Barnes and Noble, then you want to make sure you've included keywords in your subtitle and also the description of the book. That's super insightful. And that means a lot coming from you that, you know, that that's a good title and a good hook. Like it's one thing to come up with something, you know, with your team and all be like, yeah, that's so good. But it's actually another to have somebody from the out, you know, outside in the industry say like, okay, that, that would get me. That's a great hook. So that's really, I heard a, a, just a really fun interview, um, probably within the last couple of years. And I'm so sorry. I don't remember the gentleman's name. But he came on and he was saying, you know, I'm a writer. It's what I do for a living. I've written two or three novels. They've each taken me a couple of years. My wife works outside the home, but, and so she's kind of sort of the breadwinner until I hit it big, you know, but this is what I do. It's how I define myself. It's my identity. I'm a writer. And then we had a child. And then one night I was just like, oh my God. And I wrote the book in like 30 minutes, not two years of go the F to sleep. And within a minute, we'd sold like a million copies. And that is what put me on the map. And my ego is having a little bit of trouble with the fact that, you know, but everybody could relate. You know, first Mm -hmm. of all, everybody thought I do love my children, but once in a while, oh my God, I just need them too. And so his title was the hook that grabbed people that just got him right there. You know, that love hate dichotomy we have with our kids, especially Mm -hmm. infants when we're exhausted and they're exhausted. And so your book did that well also. That's, I actually have a copy of that book and I can't help but listen. I think it, who is it? Samuel, Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson, right? Right, right. Um, reading it. And I just, it's so good. And that's an amazing (laughs) story. I'm really glad that you shared that because that is just, isn't that just sometimes how it works, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) I love it. I love it. So what would be the steps then that you would recommend in somebody actually, like, I guess, how would they know whether to publish or to not? I guess, self-publish, like what's the best way to kind of determine where you go once you have your book written? Great question. 
the most recent book that I helped that I published was for people who were making eight to nine figures per year already in their business. Money wasn't really an object. Mm -hmm. And the thing that they really wanted was kind of like putting a PhD after your name. They really wanted to put Wall Street Journal after their name on all of their marketing and branding material. Mm -hmm. So money wasn't an object coming to New York City, having their videographers and photographers come with them so that we had this big launch party and they were on the NASDAQ billboard and they knew that they could get six months worth of marketing material from all of that. Money wasn't in the way. And that goal of Wall Street Journal bestseller, because they are already such elevated influencers, is the thing that they wanted. They're already playing at an extremely high level, but just one more accolade. You know, the Wall Street Journal, the TED Talk, the being on stage with Tony Robbins or something like that. Those are the things that they are aiming for now. All of those things help to become an Instagram blue check mark verified on Instagram, if that's something you haven't gotten already. And so if you're not at that level, if maybe be going becoming an Amazon bestseller is the thing, you can self-publish or you can look for some small publisher it is important to know, again, there's this whole mythology, kind of like there used to be the mythology around network marketing, that it was a scam and a pyramid scheme, and it was bad. And the network marketing industry has thankfully worked itself past most of those um, opinions when you talk to someone mm -hmm. who doesn't know about the industry. What I find in the publishing world is there's still an awful lot of people who think, oh, if I write a book, the publisher is going to pay me. They're going to give me an advance. I can just sit around and write the book. And then I'm going to sell so many copies. I'm going to quit my job. And I'm simply going to be a writer. That is all myth. Unless you already have two or three million followers, even when you go publish with the big, big publishers, you still have to do most of your own marketing these days. So the game has changed and it's a time money commitment. If that's not going to serve your business, if really the the only thing that's going to serve your business is focusing on making sure people know you, like you, trust you, can relate to you, understand how you teach versus how somebody else might teach, self-publish. Or don't bother publishing. Have your own sales funnel and just sell it through your own mm -hmm. sales funnel or website and skip publishing. Then you don't even need, you know, the only difference between something that you sell yourself on your funnel and you sell it on a platform like Amazon is you have to have an ISBN. You have to have an identifier number for mm -hmm. a print book, not mm -hmm. for an ebook, but for a print book. So if you don't care about trying to distribute it that way, because the, the harsh truth is you might not move more than a couple hundred copies unless you are spending significant dollars and time on advertising and promotion. If that does not serve your bottom line business, skip it. Don't do it. That's what we did with our book. We included it in our sales funnel and it's a part of our process. We've had requests for hard copy versions, audio, things like that, but it's a it's a big question of, you know, when is the right time to go to that when mm -hmm. the book is really serving its purpose right now in our sales funnel. Exactly. I have, I do push audiobook a fair bit because mm -hmm. I have found, you know, like myself, for me to find time to sit down and read un uninterrupted mm -hmm. isn't as 
easy as it would be to stick your buds in while I'm going for a run or walking the dogs or something like that. So sometimes I will consume something sooner if I can listen to it. Yeah. A lot of times I will have my authors, entrepreneurs read their own work because their audiences are used to hearing them. If Mm -hmm. you don't have an audience yet, then it's fine to just hire someone, pay them a couple hundred bucks and let them record it and produce it so that it's in, you know, the files sometimes can be a little confusing about what, how you create an audiobook out of a whole bunch of individual files. So have someone else do it. And it just, mm. there's no need for you to go outside your lane and learn how to do something like that. Right. And recording an audiobook is fairly straightforward, would you say? Absolutely. If your intent is to put it on ACX, the audio version for Amazon, they have some fairly stringent rules around background noise mostly. Mm. And so if you don't have a good recording setup, if you haven't done some decent editing, if you're a person who stumbles or says um or ah a lot, that's going to be uncomfortable to listen Mm. to. If you've ever listened to an interview on the radio with someone who's not used to public speaking and it's going, oh my goodness, just answer the question. (laughs) I'm very impatient when I listen to things like that. It's like, really, you are in the public eye. You should know how to speak and answer a question without all the ums and the ahs. If you're going to put it on Amazon or some other platform like that, you would need to make sure that the background and the consistency, you know, if you've got 50 to 100 pages, you might not read all of that at once. Your voice might get dry. Your cadence might slow down. It might not stay the same. So sometimes it helps to have a professional record it just because they're really going to be paying attention to that and their editing is a little bit better. But other than that, just like having a podcast, it is extremely straightforward. That's great to know. So Jamie, you've given us so many great things to think about. Where can my audience find you, connect with you and learn more about you? Thank you for asking. So my website is milliondollarstory.co. So it's .co, milliondollarstory.co. So I run Million Dollar Story Agency. Uh, My name is Jamie Wolf. I'm on Facebook. There's also a Jamie Wolf who's in New York City, who's an amazing jewelry designer. I'm not that Jamie Wolf. (laughs) Um, But For anyone listening, if you've ever felt compelled to share your stories and you'd love to see it in written form, just jump in, like pretend it's cold water and you're just going to close your eyes and scrunch your face and just go for it. Because once you start, it's not that hard and or use content that you've already got. You know your stuff, you know your stories. If you've lived a life, you have earned experience. You may have some learned experience, earned experience. You've got, you know this. So share it with other people because I bet you there's other people who are thinking the same thing and you will help them when you share your stories. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Jamie. And it was a pleasure to chat with you today. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.